Hello, and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Miley Smurl. <laughs> I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. So close. I know. I just always want to say content for some reason. I don't know. I mean, it, it is content, but it sounds, uh, it's like less um, emotionally, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Because content can be like things like movies and TV and books and that stuff, but it could also just be like like juice in a glass. Well, okay. okay. Well, okay. I don't. I mean, I I'm impressed that you're getting in even close to it, Riley, because I've listened to you say it for the past couple of weeks, and I still under pressure couldn't couldn't tell anybody what it is you're saying. It doesn't help that I don't think about what I'm saying and that I have to say it until as we start recording the podcast. Yeah. Then it just kind of is whatever comes out is, is what we go with. I think that's that's all right. We'll, we'll get there. We'll you get know? there someday. It, it was sort of like that thing that we used to have to recite at mass. All of the things you mean throughout the entire mass? Well, a lot of things, but a lot of them are really short. But the one thing, the big long thing that we all recite in unison, the creed, mm-hmm. not the apostle one. Mm-hmm. We don't I never say that one. that one. The Nicene one. Well, then they started giving people cheat cards with just whatever you're supposed to say on it in the back of the pews. Really? Yeah. Well, I never... So. That was after my time. When they changed it all to the Latin stuff, again, back to the closer to It the went back to Latin? Some of it. So they put little cheat cards in the back of the pews for you to read everything off of. Man. It was pretty nice because I never learned it in the first place, so I just used those. Man. People in my classes at Catholic school be like, what, you don't know it? I'm like, oh, I know it. I'm just, you know, just making sure just looking off it you know just i didn't know it by then i was in college at the newman center where they were like it was like cool catholicism cool catholicism so it was like cool catholicism (laughs) there's something there we're gonna like talk about philosophy and maybe we might have a beer while we do it because we're we're in college now you were hanging out with buddy christ (laughs) (laughs) by then i'd moved on from we didn't do it. We didn't do any of that in Latin. Um, guys, I hate to do this while we've already started recording the podcast, but I think I'm going to have to quit our podcast. Well, well that's this. I mean, I, this is a happy just, place to make that announcement. I mean, I wanted every appropriate one. This is I like wanted the everyone worst to time. know. <laughs> well, I wanted you all to know. Um, I'm TikTok famous now, so I'm going to be moving to Los Angeles to live in the hype house with charlie d'amelio and little little huddy and we're going to make tiktoks together and i'm going to make lots of money and i will be the oldest one there <laughs> what what are those names who are these people well i don't understand anything you just said um, so to you're preface, gonna live in a huddle house to preface the hype house oh hype um, it is hype i would oh, like what? not the place where you get breakfast no waffle that's house? the waffle house i thought that was huddle house too is that a I hotel hop? <laughs> I know. No, I know. There's I house. That's I hop. You. <laughs> that's a you, fancy house. That's an international house. <laughs> it, why? Why? How come TikTok fame lets you live in the pancake so, place? Please okay. explain this. Yeah. Is it first? Wait, is it Waffle House? No. Is it Omelet Stoppy? It is the hype house, <laughs> not Omelet Stoppy. Um, I have a TikTok that I posted two nights ago that now has four hundred sixty-four point two thousand views. When we started recording, it was at four hundred. Um, 59 so since we've started recording it has gained 5,000 more views how uh how does that like where does that help me on a rating scale 
Um, I mean, for reference, my most viewed TikTok before that one had 8,000. Wow. So 466,000 now since so, I just said 465,000. That's, I mean, that's a lot. Like my only reference point is Twitter. Yeah. And like one time I had a tweet that got over 10,000 likes and that yeah. my head exploded. So well, like this I mean, seems, this is a lot more. Think about like a YouTube video if it had 465,000 views. That'd be a good amount. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's not Ryan Toy Surprise, but well, that's true. What is the content of this video? This must be like something <laughs> like you, you made some high art, but it got that popular. Something so, really beautiful. I have put, and I'm going to be real, I've put a hundred times more effort into every single one of my other TikToks than this one. Um, you have to be careful because this TikTok has bad words in it. It does. And I'm not going to quote it because it does have bad words in it. But when we talked about TikTok before, I mentioned, I believe that one of the features is that you can use sounds from other people's videos and make your own. So it's kind of like community collaborative creation, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like someone else can make a TikTok and I can take the sound from it and... right make a new caption for it or like make a new video out of it, make a new joke out of it, whatever. Um, And there was a sound on this girl's TikTok that went viral that everyone liked the video. So I took a quote from the sound that I particularly enjoyed and literally just put it on the letter board that my sweet mate got me for Christmas. Like the little decorative one that you put like the plastic letters in, the felt one. I just put the quote in my letter board and then filmed it with the sound in the background and people i guess thoroughly enjoyed that people love it i it confused me because it has to do with somebody which one, which one of my roommates ratted me out to, to my, my mom. mom yes and i oh there's bad words in there though and i uh basically I, without bad words it's which one of you snitched on me to my mom what i'm coming for your left shoes and i'm pooping in them buddy yes um and i thought riley was saying that one of her Yes, I thought one of well, actually, I thought maybe one of your roommates had done this and like had said like another roommate had snitched on them. And yeah, they were going to I don't know. I was so confused. I was like, okay, it's a lot of hostility. It's like a it's like a meta TikTok inclusive like inception thing. I don't know. That's a that's a weird world. So somebody made something on TikTok and then you made the thing based off of that thing. And that thing is. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And like, I just thought it was a funny thing because the sweet mate that got me the letter board was like, we, we both love this TikTok. Let's put it on your letter board. That'd be funny. So then we sat in there together that night and laid out the letters and made it together and everything. We were like, well, I guess we should probably put the TikTok sound behind it. And I was like, I'll just have it. Cause like, I'm not going to keep my letter board like this forever. So I'll just make it. Cause it's like, remember we did that. And then I woke up the next day and checked my TikTok and it was at like 90,000 views. And I didn't know how that happened. And now since it has gone up to... 465 do you get money is, is that yeah no but that's get question money. that's why i'm moving to the hype house oh <laughs> so we have have we discussed this is this is not what our show is about anymore but this no. is like a brief introductory foray back into the previous still buffering um team 10 from youtube Jake Paul, Logan Paul. Yeah, I think we talked about them. Like the house they, they created. Oh, that okay. They put a bunch of YouTubers in so they can uh-huh. make videos together and then all get famous together. This is the TikTok equivalent that a TikToker made called the Hype House. Uh-huh. So all these TikTokers live together and make a bunch of TikToks. Charlie D'Amelio is only 16, I believe, a girl who got very popular doing TikTok dances and lives there. Um, 
and is like one of is the most popular a, TikTokers. Is there an adult to supervise them? Um, I mean, Lil Huddy's like, I think he's 18. There's a girl there. Wait, 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 wait. His Did name you is, just yes. try to sell me on the idea that the adult in charge of supervising everyone in the house is called Little Huddy? Lil Huddy. Lil Huddy? Charlie's boyfriend, yes. Um, and there's another girl there who's my age. She's like 19. She lives there. So, yeah. But they all make money because they all make TikToks and each of their TikToks gets over like so, five or six million views. So basically, if you look in their freezer, it's just pizza, ro- pizza rolls and toaster strudels, right? Like that's just... Yeah, and gold bars. What are gold bars? Like actual gold bars? Oh, like, like money. Oh, like money. All the, yes. Yes, oh. it's all of our money that they're getting. Well, not, I, th- I don't... Maybe, I don't know. Did, maybe, maybe they took mine. Money. I don't oh. know. Did, did mine get there somehow? I don't know. I thought that was like a, a new cool teen drug. Gold bars. Hey, gold bars. Like, uh, go have some some gold bars at the the pub. I is don't that know. is that from Riverdale? Yeah, yeah. the jingle the jingle. 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 Uh, so so it's monetized. So TikTok has a monetization feature. Yeah, it's just like you can do like a sponsored Instagram post or YouTube video and have you know, like we do ads and sponsors and stuff like that. Just this, like that. This reminds me of an of another group of young bohemian artists okay. <laughs> don't disrespect oh, that, that, like that and call the hu- the hype house bohemian <laughs> artists of the same what, caliber what an amazing transition though bravo right right uh only the only i would say that maybe that let me guess is the hype house somewhere in california did it's you say in that los angeles yes. okay so that's the that's the that's uh the, the west coast equivalent of rent no yeah no <laughs> The the New Yorker says yes. (laughs) Tomorrow's New Yorker headline: Podcaster makes stunning equivalent shocks the nation. (laughs) I think you just meant me as an a New Yorker. Yeah, I did. But if the New Yorker would like to cover our podcast, that's fine. Yeah, I thought you meant the New Yorker, and I was like, I mean, I guess I could see that being like some independent journalist article somewhere. Yeah, some deep analysis of, oh. of modern TikTok culture into mm-hmm. rent. I don't know. There's it would be clever. Saw something there. Yeah, it would be clever. TM. Mm-hmm. Somewhat ironic. Uh, so no, I don't think it sounds anything like rent. But we had to talk about rent. Yeah. I mean, I guess young people living together and maybe making questionable decisions. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah. Is that that was the alternate title for rent? Young people living <laughs> together and possibly making questionable decisions. <laughs> it was just a little bit wordy. That, that's what that's what I would call rent now as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not well. I mean, but it sounds like these people at the hype house have financial security, uh, which uh, which they know how they're going to pay their rent. Yes, <laughs> that's right. They they can pay their rent and your rent and everybody else's rent. Um. So Sydney. Why did you want to talk about rent? Well, I mean, the the most obvious is just like, I think for a lot of us from a certain generation and then also extending past just generationally, a lot of us who were into community theater or yeah. high school theater or theater in general, uh, rent at some point entered your, like, your understanding of the world. Yeah. And had a big impact on you. If you did community or high school theater, there is a 100% chance that you at one point went to an Applebee's after a performance and tried to perform La Vie Bohème with your entire cast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely you have. 
Um, Rent, of course, is the the <laughs> musical. In case you're not familiar, which I'd, I'd say probably a lo- most of our listeners are, but in case you're not, it's a it was a musical uh, premiered January 25th of 1996. I was looking up the exact date. Oh, uh, that was. It is by Jonathan Larson. Four days ago. The the very talented Jonathan Larson, and it was based on La Boheme, which is an opera. opera. Yes. yes, about like artists, poor artists living in France. Hmm. These so are rent. poor artists living in New, New York. York, which is America's France. <laughs> <laughs> oh, America's France. Okay, wait, wait. Uh, Hold on. Yeah, well, okay, that's fair. France is a whole, it's a whole country. I know, that was the, the joke. <laughs> I, I, I'm I trying to decide questions. how I feel about that, living in New York. I mean, I guess I'd rather be in America's France than America's America. So uh, that's cool. I'll take it. That's fair. <laughs> or what would France's America be like? Oh, no. They have one? They don't. They no one else has one. They would not, they would not dare. Uh, <laughs> so I assume, Taylor, you moved to New York because of rent, right? <laughs> uh, no. Um but I, I will say it definitely shaped some of my expectations for what I thought living in New York would be like. Uh, yes. I think, I think for many people of a certain age and of a certain artistic bent, they, they moved to New York kind of thinking it might be like rent. Yeah. And I, I mean, I definitely lived uh, for uh, a while in a, it was actually in an illegal loft building with a bunch <laughs> of young artists. And my actual experience was a, uh, Wow, this is really dirty, and uh, and none of this is is it, nothing is is warm. And I wish all of you would pay your rent because we're gonna get in a lot of trouble. Boy, this is stressful. We don't have any spoons. It was awful. <laughs> you know, I or think- towels. No, <laughs> there's mold everywhere. It just grows everywhere. I think you just like captioned my thoughts while watching rent for the first time (laughs) like wait no pay your rent please that's important i don't want you to get kicked out also why everything's so cold you all are so cold well i i I do think like a lot of people i mean i don't know maybe maybe that's just the kind of people they are or maybe they were like maybe the takeaway they got from rent the one takeaway they got was rent is a is a sometimes thing like you don't have to pay it it's negotiable because I having been in New York for like what fifteen years now, like I've I've always paid my rent. I've had some hard times, and I've been understanding in people's like roommates that have like lost jobs or had hard times, and maybe they can't pay that month. But far, far, far more people I've encountered just kind of treat rent like a I don't know. I went to brunch a lot this month. Maybe I just won't do it. And I saw rent once, and that they, they didn't pay, and that made them artists. So maybe I don't have to pay either. And uh, I really really have a, a vendetta on rent for that one <laughs> well there, i mean and that's a little fantasy i think i and and please know it's it would be impossible for me to ever criticize rent because it's i love it so I, deeply I in my heart um but i think i think that like it is a little fantastic the idea that like that you you can just not pay rent they do um, start out the musical by saying we are not going to pay uh-huh. yes. last year's rent this year's it's, rent ever rent and then they all end living in nice apartments you could you could you can talk and i'm sure there is a lot of there are a lot of people who have about some of the the privilege themes yes yeah 
in Rent among some of the characters, not all of them, certainly, but. Well, that, that was, I mean, because I feel like, you know, it's only in the past couple years, and even that depending, like, you know, when my, when my job caught fire, that went away for a while, but it's only in the past couple years that I've had the, like, financial security and the level of employment where I don't work, like, six, seven days a week to pay my rent and stay afloat, and I feel like, that's like that was always kind of treated like I had those artsy friends that were like I'm putting my art first like that you don't do that as a you problem not a me problem like yeah it's like you're a sellout because you're committed to financial stability like you're not <laughs> you're not committed to your art like that idea is very like like Betty's the bad guy because he's like I-, I covered your yeah. rent for a year dudes my dudes like I paid your rent for a year I'm just saying how about how about you do it now like can't, I really yeah. well, really can't. Can we talk about Benny for a second? Because I feel like everyone has the same universal experience. You watch Rent if you're like a theater kid. You're probably young, like, you know, early teens. And you watch it and you're like, man, Benny's such like a sellout. He's like a representation of the man. What a jerk. Like, he doesn't care about art and creation. He just cares about money and technology. (laughs) (laughs) And then you watch it again maybe a few years later. And you're like, well, hold on a second. Was Benny... Was he right? Was that, he maybe right? <laughs> that's a natural progression. There is yeah. there you get to an age where you go, Oh, Benny was right. <laughs> I was listening to this in the car the other day in preparation for this episode. And I got to that song right after the first one and you know, Benny's like, Let's have a digital video recording studio. You can make movies, you can make music, you can live here for free, and you both can do whatever you want to do. And we're gonna make this space where people can create. Yeah, but that would have been them selling out. Yeah, and they're both like, no, what happened to Benny and his heart? And he's like, guys, I'm literally telling you you can live here for free. What do you mean? Well, and it's also like, I think we're supposed to pick up on the idea that like, because he talks about condos. Yeah. And so like, I think they're 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 hinting at gentrification with yeah. that kind of talk. But like, Th- these are two white guys. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like we're we're not gonna we're not gonna gentrify the two white guys out of, out of the yes. neighborhood. Like that's not yeah gentrification. That's not how it works. <laughs> the two white guys who both have parents that call and like are legitimately concerned and checking in. Like you kind of get the idea. It's written into the musical that they have supportive families somewhere yeah. out there. Like well, and that's I mean I I think that's all very true, and I think that's why like I can I can still love it and celebrate sure. it on like. A level of this is this is about counterculture about things that don't necessarily make money and why they're still important and about pursuing careers that aren't necessarily the most financially secure and why that is important and you can like take those themes and celebrate them and try not to focus too much on the it's like you know that's not the literal interpretation yeah <laughs> you can't be a you can't be a fundamentalist <laughs> right well no i, I yeah. mean you know it's like at anything you you can you could pick it apart and still not trash the thing i think there's good there's plenty of good in rent that is just one one part of it and i mean it's in the name <laughs> it's yeah. just like my me personally i'm like ah uh, Everybody pay your rent. That's the one rule to New York City. You can have any interest and get into any amount of trouble and have anything you want delivered to your door probably at four o'clock in the morning. Just pay your rent. That's it. That gets you the keys to it, to all of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's also like it's about quality of life for all these people, too. Like as you get older, you start to think like, 
I mean, I just want everybody to have like heat mm-hmm. yeah. and to have like access to chips all the time or, you know, sure. <laughs> bananas okay. by the bunch. Wine and beer. A, a box of Cap'n Crunch. Is that, is that right there on the hierarchy of needs? Like access to heat and warmth, chips and bananas. And Cap'n Crunch. <laughs> and Cap'n Crunch. I, gotta, I, I don't remember some, seeing that on the pyramid, but maybe it is. Some Stoli. <laughs> oh, right. That's right. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that that's, that's definitely as, as we get older and further away, cause it was also, it was a snapshot of a very specific point in time. I mean, like part of it is that those of us who loved rent when we were teenagers are older. Right. And then the other part of it is that like, it's not 1996 anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the early nineties that yeah. the world has changed and, um, you can, you can glorify art and culture and beauty and like diversity and difference and things that don't fit like the mainstream without also glorifying like poverty, you know, and, and, and things like rent being prohibitively high in some places for people to like live there and pay it, you know? Yeah. Not here in Huntington, but it probably happens there. (laughs) I imagine that's more of a New York problem. It it definitely is. Um, Taylor, can I ask, as someone who lives in New York, I always thought similarly, and I'm now talking about the rent film, which I understand is not like the best example, but if we're talking about a visual representation, there's no like easy access to the stage version. So if we're looking at like a visual version, is there no way to watch? Were there no video recordings of the stage show? There's the live one that was on TV recently. Yeah. Yeah. But. I could be wrong, but I have not seen like a legal yeah, recording yeah. of I, this stage I, I, I haven't anyway. either, but I, it's one um, of those things you just assumed was out there yeah. somewhere. Mm. I, uh, I'm, I've always wondered, I've always felt the same about the apartment that Mark has as I do about the apartment in Friends. Right. Like how, if he is struggling to pay rent, as the initial song suggests, is his apartment reflective of someone who did, who is living in, in that area of New York and struggling to pay rent? Because it's very large. Isn't it? Like it, 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 well, it's always it, seemed very big. It, well, the stage, I mean, the original staging just used that one set very openly. So there's no yeah. real parameters. It's abstract. Yeah. Right. I mean, they, they refer to it as a loft. And I think there you do get into some, I, I mean, I feel like 90s New York, it's different because right, I mean, you had before that, you know, the 70s into the 80s, you had a lot of artists in these areas where they were squatting, where they, no, they weren't, there wasn't a lot of development. So people like did probably live in apartments now that, you know, have been cut in half and cost 10 times okay. a month as much. But I think there was still a kind of a holdover where you could live in like a kind of unfinished, not necessarily secure or with like the best heating or water yeah. situation. Okay. I mean, I lived in a massive loft. I lived in two. Yeah. I, granted, I had like three and one and four roommates in the other, but like, yeah, you could, you could, it just kind of depends. So I, I now I will say the friend's apartment I think is is a little bit more yeah that, that's a whole yeah. other thing right but I mean even now I, there are spaces that you can find that people have set up shop that aren't quite legal for a living you know like okay. landlords get around it and let people live there even though they say it's just like office space or storage space yeah. gotcha because there's a lot more rules that come in when you have to have tenants so yeah I don't know M- maybe they were living in a building that wasn't supposed okay. to have people in it that makes sense. 
Uh, I want to, we haven't really talked about like the music or the, I feel like the costumes were kind of like iconic, any Mm -hmm. of that stuff yet. But before we do that, let's check the group message. We have a sponsor this week. I want to tell you all about who's hungry. Me. I am very hungry. Actually, what should you do? I should order from DoorDash. Great idea. Because do you know what about DoorDash? It's do very. I know what. Do you know what? It's very easy to order from DoorDash. All you have to do is open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Are you on the moon? DoorDash will deliver it to you if you're on the moon. Are you sure? Is that they true? say wherever you. They say wherever you are. So no rules. You're on the moon. You can probably get DoorDash up there. Uh, can I make a can I make an embarrassing DoorDash admission? Sure. Um Justin and I the other night uh it was our it was our cheat day where we can eat whatever we want mm-hmm. and we it was late and we put the girls down and we were going to go to bed soon and I was bemoaning that we didn't have any good desserts. Mm-hmm. So we DoorDashed Applebee's desserts at 10:30 at night. <laughs> yeah, you did. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know that might be that that's what no DoorDash, shame that's a guarantee with doordash no shade no shame that's what doordash is for <laughs> our dasher was so pleasant and and i'm sure they were no shade they've always i've always had pleasant pleasant dashers um because not only is your favorite pizza joint already on doordash but just like sydney has just pointed out there are over three hundred and forty thousand restaurants in three thousand three hundred cities so you might find a f- new favorite, too, just like Sydney's new favorite, the Applebee's here in Huntington, West Virginia. <laughs> and my new favorite restaurant is Applebee's. Um, wow. They, <laughs> well, this is door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, so maybe not the moon, the moon but all 50 states and Canada. So uh, you can order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle. That's my favorite. Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory. Got some Cheesecake Gotta Factory love from that cheesecake. DoorDash last weekend when we were in Cincinnati we just man we're all over this we love DoorDash (laughs) and Taylor if our listeners want to love DoorDash and enjoy its services as well what should they do well you can get five dollars off your first order of fifteen dollars or more if you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code buffering that's five dollars off your first order download that DoorDash app from the app store and enter promo code buffering don't forget, just one more time, the promo code is buffering. You get five bucks off, $15 or more. So get get some free food. Because the only thing better than food coming to your door uh, with very minimal human interaction is free food coming to your door with very minimal human interaction. Ooh, exactly. That's the truth. Um, so, I, so the thing, obviously, about... There were many things that captured my imagination when I was young. And it's, it's interesting because I was talking to Justin about... Uh, the, about rent since we decided to do this and he was talking about how we all listened to it before we had the opportunity to see it mm-hmm. and how like you have all these ideas like I remember going through like the CD insert and looking at all the pictures in it mm-hmm. to try to get some idea of like what do the characters look like and what do the sets look like and what are their costumes like because I, I just hadn't, I mean, there was no way to access any imagery mm-hmm. of that. And obviously, I wasn't going to be able to go anywhere to see it. Um, it eventually did come to Huntington. It did. There I was, was a, far too young to see it. Yes, there was a touring did. company. And yeah. I remember I sat in the 
front row. I got tickets as soon as they went. I sat in the very front row Mm -hmm. wearing my like Mark scarf. (laughs) Yes, the Mark scarf. (laughs) I was and just like in heaven. But before that, I remember all of us trying to figure out like what everybody looked like and what the like envisioning it and dream casting it and um and it was all because it was all just in my imagination what this was all like what this world that the songs were about Sydney played every part in her imagination uh I was largely Maureen were you I I I wanted to like have the sex appeal of Mimi Mm. but I didn't I knew that wasn't in me Mm -hmm. so when we when we would um cast Rent Mm -hmm. And if you if you ever did theater and you, you want to pretend like you haven't casted rent with all of your to friends yourself and everyone around you, of course you did, <laughs> of course you did. I was always Maureen. Hmm. See, in my uh, my solo performances of the entire musical in my car, I'm always Mimi hmm. or Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've always had this dream that one day when I'm older there will be uh like a gender swapped you know no gender requirement version of of rent that I will one day get to play Mark. Oh, well, I don't see any reason there couldn't be. Uh, yeah. See, I like that cuz I always I, I always liked Roger like both aesthetically and his songs the best and I you know I don't see a future where I could ever be a Roger, but I want I love those plaid pants. So this is our next project. We're we're writing. We're staging. Not writing. It's already written. We're staging a a all all just no rules production of Rent. Taylor and I starring as Mark. And <laughs> uh, down. I already know my line. Just, <laughs> it's uh, Justin. Uh, when even when we were younger, when we were teenagers, always wanted to be Benny. <laughs> That sounds about right. I know he is. He is a Benny. He's always been a Benny. He was one. He was somebody who realized pretty early that, that like, Benny was correct. Benny's onto something. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be able to pay my rent someday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to live somewhere where it's cold. I want to pay my rent. What do I have to do? Um, but yes, and so you would perform all these songs out in public, and of course, like I'm not going to sit here and be like the songs are good, <laughs> like. Yeah. I'm the first person ever to say We're that. We're the first person to make this revelation. Obviously, the music is wonderful, and um, it it's funny because it introduced me to all kinds of things, especially La Vie Bohème, mm. where oh, like yeah. I went and read a, I went and read about a lot of stuff because of that song. Yeah, like it expanded my education. <laughs> Who are these people they're talking about? <laughs> a lot I don't of know stuff in there I didn't know about when I first listened to it when I was thirteen. You know, it's um, also also why I, one of my first stops uh, when I moved to New York City was, and I actually regularly would go there to the Life Cafe because uh, it was a real real place uh, up until oh, fair, a few years ago it closed down. Wow, yeah. Was it was it as cool as it always seemed? I mean, it was chill. It was like it was in the East Village. <laughs> it was right along a park. Uh, it was really cute. Uh, actually, fun, uh, kind of funny. Um, the, there was the original Life Cafe in the East Village. They opened up a second Life Cafe in my current neighborhood. And that one eventually changed hands into uh, a restaurant that is now the sister restaurant to where I work. So in some roundabout way, I work at the, like, the future incarnation <laughs> of the Life Cafe. Um, it, I think it really, it, it tapped into, aside from being incredibly 
wonderful. And so you wanted to listen to the music over and over again and learn all the words and sing it and dream about performing it because it's so good. It also definitely tapped into like, I felt like I was outside the mainstream Mm -hmm. because I was a weird theater kid. And and like, these are not, well, I mean, Maureen, I guess, is a theater person. She says that. Um, But they're not theater people. They're outside the main. They're like not. They're not the suits. Yeah. <laughs> They're not the three-piece suits. And it, I felt like I connected to like that aesthetic at that point in my life. It's funny. I don't, I feel so far from that now. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I think a, a big part of it too was there's a huge queer aspect to it. And, you know, being like yes. young and confused and in high school, having something that was so universally beloved and something that you could talk about with other people kind of gave an opening to talk about sexuality with people and also with yourself that I think rent was one of those big things to me that made me feel like, Oh, I'm allowed to have these thoughts. That's, that's nice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I I think that can't be, can't be said enough though, because it wasn't. So I, I, I feel like even though I didn't personally, when I was in high school, I didn't know a lot of people who were, uh, not straight and out about it. Mm-hmm. I knew some, but not a lot. Um, I I still always feel like, and I don't know if it was just the way we were raised. Like there was never like any in my head. I never had any stigma associated with that, or like weirdness or uncomfortable. It was never there was nothing like that in me, um, which is not necessarily true for everybody from this area. Um, or any smaller area. Mm-hmm. But I think in places like Huntington and other small towns, rent could, I mean, it had such an incredible impact on young people who just grew up with this like heteronormative kind of culture shoved upon them and were not given any ideas from adults that anything else existed mm-hmm. and that it was okay. And, and I, I think that's something I've talked about with people my age now that like those were the first gay people they saw or heard right. were characters in Rent. Mm-hmm. And they loved those characters and they loved the story. And it 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 was really it was like it was an introduction to the idea that people are different. Love means a lot of different things, and what you've been told is not the whole story, mm-hmm. um, which is so was so important Absol- for mm-hmm. so many people. Absolutely, yeah, I, yeah. I definitely I remember mean, having that sense of like I think as a child it almost felt dangerous. Like that's the word that I would have mm-hmm. used when I first heard it. Like nobody can hear me listening to this, but what it actually was was important. Is the better word that there was something there mm-hmm. that was going to influence the rest of my life and. The, the the ideas that were going to be shaped in my head and that yeah you can't you can't understate that importance for a lot of people that didn't have access to the culture otherwise yeah I mean I remember I will admit the first experience I had with rent was the movie it was not the like music <laughs> which is just because it was more accessible for yeah, me yeah. like it was just like what I had if, there there weren't CDs of the music because I was at a weird point in time where like if I wanted music, I still had to like download it on my iPod, but it was there, but people weren't really buying CDs of it anymore because at that point it was like several years old. I mean, I had it. Well, I know, but 
like the movie had just recently become like a popular thing among theater people I knew that were all older and they were like you have to watch this and I knew who Idina Menzel was and she was in it and but more importantly I saw Maureen date a man and then date a woman and it was never something that anyone brought up as like she was pretending to be straight and was really gay or anything it was always just like she dated two people and one was a man and one was a woman and that was her and like seeing that at a young age when I personally was trying to suppress feelings of the same kind was very like I I don't know it was very important to me growing up because it was something I'd never seen before Mm -hmm. even still I don't I feel like seeing bisexual people in media is is something I don't see a lot but was more important for me when I was developing feelings that I didn't think were okay because I did have that personal struggle and I did like think that I couldn't feel how I felt so Maureen was always kind of like she can she can do it she's idea Menzel (laughs) and it really it well and it brought because because it was such a popular show and it was so good it brought that into so many homes that just had not had contact with those ideas before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, there ha- you can't, there has to be something like that. You have to acknowledge the impact of something like that on generations of people where like they were maybe from a place where they didn't really personally know anybody who wasn't straight. And then when you hear Tom Collins mm-hmm. sing, I'll cover you. Angel. T- yes. I know. And the just the depth, like, man, if there every time Justin and I cry when we listen to mm-hmm. that song, every single time, because if you if you have like, if you don't understand, if you grew up in a in a place where like love was one thing, and you didn't understand that love is is many things, mm-hmm. well, love is one thing that is represented in many ways, it, and you listen to that song and the depth of those emotions and that expression and everything, like how that doesn't move you and change you and shift your worldview to make it just a little more loving and open. I don't know how, right. you know, I don't know how it couldn't. Well, that, that really gets to, I think the bigger, the bigger core of, I think rent's goodness is like, you know, we, we talked about like the whole like starving artist angle and like, it's not really about making art. It's, it's about love and acceptance. It's about, you know, yes. loving mm-hmm. being yourself and loving yourself and loving the people in your life and truly like, loving what you're doing like there's so much at the core of it that's just about you know living in a state of love that is it's really beautiful and that was a message of hope for a lot of people that did feel that way that you know that the way that I am is never going to result in love or family or friends or community and they hit that on so many levels because I mean we're we're talking spending a lot of time talking about uh, you know the LGBTQ aspects of it because those spoke to us more personally Mm -hmm. but like you could make the same case for you know at at that time humanizing hiv right and talking about it openly and like that these are are people who you know have a disease and are in treatment and destigmatizing that because it's just like anything else people who need to take medicine every day is was so important at the time still important but even more so back then um, it does that for for people who are HIV positive, and it it uh, does the same thing to a lesser extent. It's not addressed quite as much, but for people who have substance use disorders, you know, like again, giving these people like 
we, we love these characters. They're human faces. They're people we care about and want to succeed and want to help, not um, turn our backs on or criminalize for, you know, what they're doing. Um, and it hits on all those levels. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it reminds me, I don't think, I, I may have told this story on here before, but uh, what what Tim Robbins said about Rent... <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Think so. I mentioned this before. Yeah. When uh, when we went to see Hamilton the first time, after the show was over, we uh, went up on stage with Lynn to talk with Lynn for a while, mm-hmm. and Tim Robbins was there. And mm-hmm. so Lynn decided to introduce us to Tim Robbins. <laughs> is this just something Lynn does? Yes. Because Taylor and I mm-hmm. went up on the stage after Hamilton to talk to Lynn, and he introduced us to Al Pacino. He, he's he's <laughs> yes. a kindness troll. He does things that are really nice and awesome, but also like, why would you do that to me? <laughs> like Taylor and I were just like talking to ourselves. I was getting too anxious to introduce myself to any of the other stars of Hamilton, and he's just like, hey, wait, I have someone to introduce you all to. Yes. Here's here's Al Pacino. <laughs> He does, he, and it's totally earnest. It's just it is. He thinks he just thinks everyone's great. Yeah. Um, but he he introduces to Tim Robbins. So Justin and I were standing there trying to figure out like how do we make small talk with Tim Robbins? <laughs> uh, and we started, of course, by just all agreeing that Hamilton was amazing mm-hmm. and wonderful and fantastic. And it was As the first do. time I had seen it, so yeah. I was, of course, like still crying. And uh, and I and we compared it to Rent. I think Justin may have said it first, you know, it's, it's this is going to be this generation's re- what rent was to us. Mm-hmm. Rent was our generation's and this will be this generation's rent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be so important and meaningful. And they're going to like all these younger people are going to memorize it and sing it over and over again and cast it in their drama classes and live Hamilton just like we lived rent. And uh, Justin made a joke about how except now they'll also get to learn history which I guess is something, yeah. you know, we didn't get to do with Rent. And Tim Robbins said, that's true, but Rent taught your generation tolerance, <laughs> which is every bit as important. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> which was such a Tim Robbins thing to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was exactly what I thought Tim Robbins yeah. would say. Like, I guess if I, I could have predicted that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, but it's true. And I don't, I don't, I don't love the word tolerance as a rule but i get what he's saying and it's true it opened up our generation to so many things and made it normal and part of who we were and our life experiences and what love was and what art was and beauty and living and i mean it really did well the word needed to be tolerance back in the 90s that was what's true the message was back in the 90s It, it was tolerance and now it is not now we have been able to evolve into acceptance acceptance and love and all those kinds of things but i think when rent came out that's it, tolerance was was you know the next step and, and it's it's funny that comparison to hamilton because uh, b- before this i was looking at some articles about rent kind of you know retrospective articles and a lot of people have made that have drawn that line about something that managed to captivate a generation of young people in coming mm-hmm. to musical theater unlike anything that was really existing around it and so much mm-hmm. of that i think is it comes down to the music itself that you know Mm-hmm. Rent, it wasn't just like, it was a good story, there were good characters, but the music was good, you know, you just liked that it, it, I would be just as happy, happy listening to that as anything on the radio, probably more so, and Hamilton oh, is yeah. like, yes. it hits on the current music, it hits on the kind of music that people want to listen to, and then it, it feeds you a really important message with that, like, that's not something that a yeah. lot of musicals can lay claim to. 
Oh, I can do Hamilton as an episode. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's oh. the, that, that would, that, yeah, that would be wow. the. I would draw that corollary. So many doors. It's so good. I was trying. I was sitting here trying to think like, what are my favorite songs from Rent? But I don't. It's almost impossible to choose. Another day is my favorite. Another day is great. I'll cover you is way up I'll there. Cover Man, you is I very love good. That song. I can't mm. listen to the reprise too much uh, though because yeah. it does make me cry. Yeah, but um, it's so good. Um, but the obviously whole of, seasons of love. Is yeah, beautiful. The whole message of no day but today is just. Yes. That's like the whole show. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that, you know. Which is, I mean, I do like the, I like, you know, I guess in the original La Boheme, mm. uh, upon which it is based, uh, the Mimi character does not survive. Spoilers. Oh, that's, <laughs> um, well. Unlike operatic. in Rent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the end of Rent. I don't, yeah. that never bothered me. I don't, that never I think we needed that. Oh, yeah. I think we needed that. We already lost Angel. Right. We lost Angel. Yeah. Spoilers, I guess. I There can't, surely not. There's can't no be spoiling anything for, or rent for anyone, right? <laughs> um, Angel is, I, we, we, we're running out of time, but Angel was also, man, yeah. talk about a character that I just like, I found so magnetic and fascinating and I, I didn't know anybody like that in my life that, when I, I was, mean, you know, 14 that had to have been the first, and I could be very wrong, but the first widespread major representation and symbolic representation of any person that was gender fluid. Is that, well, Justin and I were debating that. Can you, like now, in I don't, modern that's day the thing. terminology, I don't want to apply because I don't want right. to. I don't want to accidentally angel and I label. I that's not me saying like that is what angel is. That's just like well, the best. I mean, like but I, she's she you could she's she's in drag when she performs, but also not. Yes. So then, so then I think like, is it not? You know, are we not talking about drag necessarily, but maybe, maybe gender fluid? Yeah. Um, and they use both male and female pronouns right throughout right. the show. So. Um, either way either way that that sort of character for us sm- i had never seen before for a small town kid in 1996 you know to to see a character like that is huge yeah. and to especially if that is something that's already in you mm-hmm. yeah to see that representation well, i mean it's just huge. and it wasn't just that the character was there it's that the character was sort of the center of goodness in the yeah in the entire play yes. like if you had to pick a character that just sort of i think rose above He's good. Yeah, just Angel was the the heart of the musical mm-hmm. that taught them all mm-hmm. about the importance of appreciating that moment and that day and loving each other and taking care of each other and finding a family and and taking care of your family and and Angel um, was the one that didn't start with them. Angel was brought to them mm. like a guardian angel. Mm. That's true. And then left them. Hmm symbolism very good <laughs> you Thank should you. write an essay on this later <laughs> i will actually uh but i i guess I, if you haven't listened to rent do this doesn't feel like something that should have to be said in the year no. 2020 it's not, <laughs> it's not and it's not dated it's still oh no. i mean obviously the way that we look at things like i i, I would hope as a society things like um LGBTQ, mm-hmm. the LGBTQ community, and um, HIV, and people facing homelessness and substance use disorder, and all these different things. I would hope we've evolved past yeah. that 
to some degree or at least improved obviously we still have a long way to go in all these arenas right but hopefully we we've moved on so like there are some things that are it's not like that now but it's still i think incredibly relevant and meaningful and beautiful and yeah. The music is just as relevant. I don't think it feels aged or dated at all. Mm-hmm. I was listening to it with Charlie, though, and there were a lot of things I had to explain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this might be a little much for a five-year-old. I was going to say, she's five. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's yeah, I, early exposure there. What did, you do? what did you do with Contact? Just, oh, look, that's the next song now. We hadn't even made it. Like, I was going to skip that, but we hadn't even made it that far when she was like, what is she what what are what are they doing what is smack what is <laughs> and i was like oh. oh man i have to talk to you about drugs now yeah. and then i and then i have this i'm so bad at this i have this moment where i'm like is five when you talk to a kid about kids about drugs probably not probably Maybe. not seems yeah but i don't know well let's try it and see how it goes <laughs> how did that go um she said i don't want to do those and I said, well, good. <laughs> we'll keep working End of conversation. Yeah, um, <laughs> but then I was trying to say, but like, it's important to remember that this is a, this is an illness. This is, you know, this is a disease. These people aren't doing something to hurt themselves on purpose. They're, you know, they can't, they can't yeah. just fix it. They can't just help it. They need, yeah. you know, it's something that needs treated by doctors and people who can help them. And that it was a lot. It was a lot. She's five. It was yeah. complex for a five-year-old. I realized that. I can't wait for you to get the call from her preschool teacher. <laughs> like, hey, um, weird question. Charlie's telling all the other kids about not doing smack. Is there anything <laughs> you... Is that... <laughs> Explode, joogie woogie boy. Like, she's listening to a lot of terms from the 90s for drugs. <laughs> she, that's an encyclopedic no- knowledge of street terms. <laughs> She did bring home something she wrote, and I said, because oh, no. she's learning how to write, and I, I was trying to read it. She writes, by the way, all the way around the edge of the paper. She doesn't write in straight wow, lines. It's very it good. It follows around the edge. And it, uh, it said, I am mad because the, and I couldn't read the last bit of it really clearly. I was like, what does this say, Charlie? She said, oh, it says, I am mad because the coral reef is dying. <laughs> Me too. Okay. Well, she's, she can handle some big truths right now. That's a, That's all right. Yeah. She told her class about global warming. Good. That's they good. need to know. That was, that, was, yeah. that was my fault. It's not a fault. She told me she was going to start taking her bike more. And I was like, instead of the car. <laughs> to her school that is several, several miles away, her tricycle. <laughs> I was like, honey, you don't drive. I don't think that's okay. <laughs> you know, it's all anyway. right. Well. Well. Thank you both for indulging me and talking about rent. Do either of you still have the problem to this day where if anybody says a line from it, you've got to get through to the end of it, at least in your head. Like it just, you Mm -hmm. can sing a line or say a line from any part of the musical and my brain will just immediately pick it up and just go. (laughs) Yes. My roommate was lighting a candle the other night and said, anyone got a light? And I said, I know you, you're, <laughs> you're shivering. And she said, no, I'm not. And I said, no, just go with this. You're going to be doing this for the next hour. Sorry. This is my life now. Sorry, you got to go shut the going. door and listen to rent. Please keep going. Um, yeah, no, that's life with me and Justin yeah. is accidentally starting rent and then having to finish it. Yeah. Our children are never fed. It's just us doing rent <laughs> all day. No. Um. But yeah, and if you haven't, I don't know if you're out there and you haven't listened to Rent, do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Taylor, what are we doing next week? Uh, all right. I... I this was the, the number one thing that I wanted to do when we did the whole, this new format. Uh, and I was like, should I save it? But I just want to do it because I'm just going to keep thinking about it. We're going to do Sailor Moon. Yeah. Wow. Specifically the the animation, um, the 90s one. I mean, we could talk about Crystal too. That That's important. That's yeah. newer. Uh, I will say that is what that I've is seen. That is fine. Well, we could talk about both. But I do want to definitely talk about the uh, the original Sailor Moon animated series. Awesome. I'm very excited. I've been rewatching it, all of it, uh, this these past week, and uh, that's just all I. That's where my head is. That's where I'm living right now. So I'm psyched. That sounds like a, a nice break from the world yeah. to watch before next week. I well, I'm excited to talk about it. I will probably try to refresh my memory with a few episodes because uh, Charlie will happily watch mm-hmm. it with yeah. me. Then, um, if you want to play along at home, watch some Sailor Moon. Yeah. <laughs> if you've never watched. Sailor Moon. Uh, Watch some Sailor yeah, Moon. It's, yeah. it's all Wait, on Hulu. What do you think? You think definitely something dubbed there, though, right? <laughs> well, okay, we'll say this. I'm no. kidding. I thought you were going to jump no, on me. I, I, that is such like, I, uh, that's like the like edgelord equivalent of like me in the, in the 90s. Like, oh, subs are better than dubs. Now I'm like, I don't know. They make good dubs. And when I'm drawing, I can't always be looking at the screen. Or when mm-hmm. I'm cooking. Yeah. So I love a good dub. And they've recently redid. Now, I will talk about the, the iconic 90s dub, which ha- ha- I have opinions about. But they recently redid the whole thing, uh, which the, they, the translations are way more on point. They didn't cut it to pieces. And they have a whole, like, new cast that does a great job. So I think the, the sub is great. It's obviously the original voice actors are amazing. But I don't think there's anything wrong with the the redone dub that's out there all available on hulu in both formats um uh yeah that's well um i will have to do that because it occurs to me that showing a subtitled program to my five-year-old would probably be cannot read it probably kind of cruel yeah no no, the the dub is the, the dub is good it's it's really good all right well then um please join us next week for uh sailor moon talk yay the new name of our that was my Sailor clever Moon name Sailor this, Moon this, Talk. this next episode is just going to spin off into the podcast that i'm going to try to source somebody to do with me where we just go episode by episode and talk about the musicals <laughs> and the weird failed american proposed cartoon that's just wait for that podcast because that's what i want to do <laughs> all right well that'll be coming next yeah i would listen uh, in the meantime, thank you both. Thank you, listeners. Uh, thank you, Maximum Fun, for hosting us on your wonderful network. Go to MaximumFun.org and check out all of our family of of sibling podcasts. Not like they have siblings. I meant like their podcasts are our podcasts. They also siblings. have siblings. Yeah, they might. So, I mean. Uh, yeah. But I don't, you know what I mean. Do. I meant like. Yes. <laughs> go we listen to podcasts. <laughs> Uh, you can tweet at us at stillbuff. You can email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Mine. This has been your cross generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am too. As my TikTok has another 10,000 views, just in case you all were wondering. Why are you still wasting your time on this podcast? Get, I know. Get I to the huddle house. I gotta move to the omelet shopping. Get, Get to the omelet house. <laughs>
Hey, Jay Keith. Hey, Helen. I hear you have a true-false quiz you want me to finish. I do. Here we begin. We host a trivia game show podcast on the Max Fun Network called Go Fact Yourself. True. Correct. The show is all about celebrity guests answering trivia questions about things Jay Keith enjoys. False. We sometimes don't talk about baseball or cats. Thank God. It's questions about things they enjoy. Next, we bring on surprise experts every episode. True. Correct. Final question. It's just the two of us sitting alone with these guests. False. Correct. We have a live audience at the Angel City Brewery. See? You can hear Go Fact Yourself every first and third Friday of the month. And if you don't listen, you can go fact yourself. True. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.